0: Damiano, welcome on Blockchain Rock. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, so thank you, Omri, for this uh, chance and opportunity to have this quick chat with you. uh, It's a pleasure. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, basically, my, my experience I'm an Italian qualified lawyer. I started my career basically kind of eight years ago, uh, having the chance to to work for uh, one year as an intern uh, in uh, the Bank of Italy, the Central Bank of Italy, and uh, that's where everything started (laughs) and becoming (laughs) fascinating about this uh, beautiful world of uh, financial and banking regulation. Uh, I moved uh, then uh, to Switzerland for uh, almost one year, uh, working for, a, for, let's say, for, for a company setting up uh, hedge funds uh, within, across Europe and, uh, and Switzerland. And uh, it was a very interesting, uh, let's say, opportunity to understand uh, how the, the legal market works in a, in a third country compared to mm-hmm. Europe, which has uh, developed a uh, um, very strong uh, banking and financial system. Hello. So Me? I have
0: I have Go. a question. Sorry if I stop you right now. I have a question about how what's the interplay, you know? Because of course, as you mentioned, Switzerland is outside of the uh, European Union in yeah. with respect to financial regulation. So I wanted to ask you uh, what are the main differences? Because I know that although it's uh, you know a third country, it has developed a, a regulatory system which is uh, capable of you know of um, interfacing itself in the day with Europe, like quite you know in a quite of an agile manner so you don't have to go through you know some hoops and uh, it's quite I, I think switzerland has developed quite a good um regulatory system to be able to converse with the european one so uh, what was your experience with that what's uh...
1: um thinking about 2012 2013 uh, the, the, the strongest uh, um let's say um strongest gun uh, in the end of the Swiss regulator was the the bank secret, so basically uh, the chance to, you know, coming from Milano with some money, put that money in the Swiss bank and, you know, without that strong AML checks that we used to have in Italy, so... But this, this doesn't mean that uh, I'm criticizing uh, the, the Swiss uh, regulation and the Swiss system. Yeah, yeah I
0: know, In 2000, uh, also because right now that's not the case anymore, yeah, right? that's not yeah. the case. And that's
1: that's the, the important thing is that even if they switched from a, from a system based on the secret and on less, uh, let's say, uh, stronger control uh, compared to the IML of uh, Europe, even though they, they changed their view now and they have, a, let's say, a full compliance with uh, the with, uh, with, uh, with the bank, without the bank secret, um, is the fact that they developed uh, they still attract capitals and investors uh, due to the fact that the Swiss regulator is very flexible, and uh, and the, the the approach of the Swiss regulator is able to understand, let's say the the new things that are coming in the in the financial okay. market. So I'm yeah. thinking about the regulation they 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 they, they have regarding the ico or the crypto mm-hmm. world,
0: and what's what's the regulation because i know um of course also malta was coming up with its own regulation and like a jurisdiction like gibraltar where we're based uh, are you know they're quite agile they're they're capable of you know being quick and responsive when it comes to new uh, technological trends and to covering them with regulations so from what i understand malta has not issued yet any license because although they have the they had the plan to develop the regulatory system, but I might be wrong. I'm not. I'm not 100 yeah. sure about that. From what I understand, they have not released any license. What's the regulation in Switzerland when it comes to ICO? Are you versed with that? Or
1: yes, uh, oh, yeah. Let's say that uh, the, the the Swiss authority, as far as I know, uh, has issued some uh, let's say guideline or statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were basically, uh, I believe, the, the first regulator across Europe uh, trying to qualify the type of cryptocurrency within okay. the market. So, uh, it, as I was saying, it's it, compared to compared to Malta approach, uh, for instance. Uh, I believe that the, the Swiss approach is more, let's say, based on the soft regulation rather than. Uh, enacting laws as, I as, as Malta did, so yeah, it's basically two different approach: a stronger one, the Maltese one, let's say, uh, and let's say the soft one, which is not based on, on proper yeah. say, rules, but more on the uh, on the advice and statement of the of the Swiss regulator in Thimma.
0: I see, because I think like one uh, one factor is quite curious. Uh, in my opinion, is that I believe both Malta and, but particularly Swiss, they focused on um, regulating cryptocurrencies and you know ICOs and ICO rather than uh, the blockchain technology. So, like it's it's interesting to see how different regulators across the um, you know the world, but particularly in Europe, uh, have you know taken different approaches. And of course, that attracts different players. For example, in Gibraltar, we attract a lot of blockchain-based. Uh, businesses. Also, there are there have been also a few ICOs and STOs, but of course now with, you know, um, ICOs have quite down a little bit, although yeah. there is a little bit of a, of a raise again. But um, what's interesting is that on the other end, if you look at Switzerland, for example, they attracted someone like Lib- Project Libra, you know, all of, mm. all of those, which fo- revolve more around the token itself rather than necessarily on, on the blockchain system. Um, I see. And then from Switzerland, where, what did you do? Where did you move because you said back, that you working.
1: Uh, yes, I moved back uh, to Milan, and let's say yeah, uh, after that uh, that one year period, and start working as a lawyer. Uh, basically, first uh, in a, as an house counsel for a, for a big bank, and then moved uh, into the the practice working for a uh, law firm. Uh, in the, in the regulation department of law, law firms. And then uh, we met uh, a couple of years ago in London because I decided to, to improve my, my knowledge of the financial regulation uh, from the UK perspective. So I went to, to London went to do this one-year uh, master, which was amazing. And, uh, and that, that, that was, uh, I think, the, the moment where we understood uh, uh, the importance of the developing market uh, of fintech and the blockchain technology. Yeah. Even though I used to write sometimes some some articles even before mm-hmm. 2016, but you know, like at that time, we didn't we couldn't we couldn't believe <laughs> how much the hype would have you know grown.
0: Yeah, because I know that afterwards, once you um, <coughs> once we waved goodbye and you went back to Italy. Uh, you became very involved in the development of fintech within, um, I mean, in Italy. Uh, I know that you co-authored the first book on cryptocurrencies um, in Italy, and uh, you've also received an award from uh, the Italian parliament for yeah. your involvement and contribution to this industry. Um, so let's talk about Italy. You, you don't hear that often about the um, Italian involvement within fintech, but I know there have been, uh, you know, that Italy has been quite receptive. Um, although it has not yet implemented, I believe, any specific, you know, and dedicated regulation, I think there are some guidelines, no, of some sort, or at least a take from Conso. Uh, yeah. what, what's yeah. the situation? Can you can you expand okay. on that?
1: Okay. Uh, what we can say is basically um, we have a regulation of, mm-hmm. uh, um, I mean, we have the a regulation that provides the definition of what is a virtual, uh, virtual currency, uh, we have a regulation for the crypto exchange, for the crypto trading platform. Yeah. And we have a regulation also for the wallet service providers, but it is not a complete regulation because it's only focused on the prevention of uh, anti-money laundering. So okay. basically, what, what Italy did um, on this side, uh, they, they, we were, I believe, the, the, the first country in Europe first starting uh, regulating uh, the, crypto, the cryptocurrency uh, from, from the IML perspective, hmm. uh, implementing the, the Fifth Anti uh, Money Laundering uh, Directive. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, we don't uh, actually have a regulation that clearly provides guidance on the qualification of, let's say, security token.
0: uh, Yeah, 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 on the uh, different categories.
1: Yeah, so the the, the Italian Regulation Authority, which is CONSOB, uh, had issued a couple of months ago, um, basically a consultation paper, Mm -hmm. uh, whereby they want to start to provide, uh, let's say, a soft guidance uh, uh, issued by their regulation. Yeah. Uh, mm, and the interesting thing about these uh, these consultation paper is that they are trying to um, identify a special a special class uh, special class of uh, crypto crypto activities they call crypto activities um, which will benefit from a special regime special regulatory regime compared to the other financial product under MiFID regulation. So, so on one side. Yeah, the yeah, approach
0: yeah. okay. even security sorry, sorry to interrupt you I, just to yeah. just understand this point yeah. so basically even security what now would be deemed as a security token offering would be instead classed as a crypto activity and benefit from this framework or it would continue um, to you know uh, be subject to MIFID and only ICO would be subject to this special um, crypto activity regime
1: no um in concept approach, uh, and this is the, rush, the rationale behind this idea, yeah. they want to clearly identify what can be classified as a crypto activity okay, okay. In, in order to avoid the risk that that specific crypto activity would be qualified as securities also to MiFID. it. So okay. the, the direction of the regulator is to create, a, let's say, a special regime Mm-hmm. in order to, um, to avoid the possible sanction or, or, stronger, requisite, or requisite, yeah, 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 yeah. stronger requisite for, 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 for uh, investment firms that wants to, to set up a trade uh, with the cryptocurrency. And, yeah,
0: and that's a big problem, I think, Like, because uh, nowadays with all of this, first of all, with the degree of compliance that exists in every industry, uh, you know, like if you are a startup that wants to begin operating in the space, you know, if you are Classified as a as a financial instrument under MiFID, that brings the cost like the costs are even higher and it's it's I guess it's really really tough to innovate in a space where you know just to buy in you need to have more than a hundred k just for the legal side. So yeah. um, no, yeah. I definitely understand. It could so be was, it could be go on yeah. go on.
1: And that's that's why in my opinion the market was uh, uh, was a bit uh, let's say. Um, smaller compared to other 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 crypto markets in Europe yeah. because we didn't, we don't have as far as to, as today we don't have a, a clear view of the regulator on the yeah, issue yeah, yeah. of the products. so it's always a case-by-case analysis which is very yeah. risky for the one who wants to invest in Italy because I can, I can imagine and and, and also the another um, interesting things about the Italian regulation is that uh, our consolidated financial act Mm-hmm. provides a broader definition of financial instruments compared ah, than
0: compared to MiFID so we
1: don't have, we don't have a close let's say close you don't have uh, a closed uh, list closed list but we have also the definition of financial uh, uh, financial products we can be classified as other type of investment so we can that's understand really broad that. That's really broad, and that's really risky for the. And how do you
0: deal tech. with it, like from a legal perspective? As a, as a, you know, you're you're a lawyer, you're an Italian qualified lawyer working in uh, um, financial services. How how is the interplay between you and the regulator? Because my experience, of course, is limited to Gibraltar at the moment, and I know that smaller jurisdictions have a very responsive uh, approach. That's a benefit of them, you know, like uh, as compared to the bigger jurisdiction. The bigger jurisdiction sports other advantages that the smaller one cannot pr- provide for, you know but um how is the interplay because like i i assume then that there has to be like a lot of communication between uh, you guys and the regulator especially when you're approaching that gray area of uh, other investments and you would require the involvement of the regulator every single time so it's almost like you're creating a common law, pass me the term, (laughs) for the financial, correct? For the financial uh, services because you would then have to refer back to other guidelines that maybe were provided with respect to a specific instrument that resembles the one you're applying for right now, no? Mm -hmm. Is it something similar to
1: that? uh, It's something similar to that, yeah. And the problem is that, I mean, in my experience, uh, it's always important uh, unless you are sure that that specific product are not classified as a financial instrument I mean, yeah if we have an utility token for instance yeah
0: yeah, yeah. if it's clear payment,
1: uh, payment. but my opinion it's always uh, important to keep in touch with the regulator and to be transparent uh, to be clear uh, before giving an advice that would uh, in case uh, in the worst scenario <laughs> uh, and yeah. awesome to knock at the door <laughs>
0: we tend yeah. we, from our end we approach the same the we employ you know your same approach we even if we believe that something falls outside of the scope then we always advise our clients to open line of communication and you know um, communicate with the regulator just because one day you know the business model may evolve and might eventually fall within the regulatory scope of uh, MiFID or other form of you know uh, maybe payment process uh, activities um, so, yeah, it's always, it's always better to have, I think, uh, I agree with you, a line, an open line of communication with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. But because this also would help, I think, the regulator uh, having uh, the, a better understanding of yeah. how the market is developing. And Exposure, therefore, yeah. And therefore, uh, maybe issue guidelines that are, can be more like, let's say, market-friendly or uh, yeah. uh, business-friendly.
0: Yeah, I understand. And of course, well, right now, uh, Italy has been facing, you know, a very big problem with with the spread of coronavirus. And how do you believe, you know, once this situation is over and I know that there is no specific date, but let's say once this ends and, you know, politically the agenda can uh, resume and uh, you know the state can pursue its own goals how where do you see fintech heading towards in italy how do you think it being what are what is the use in italy aside from um you know just being an alternative to fiat money for example
1: I think we need to to rebuild uh, the, the economy of Italy, basically, because now the situation is terrible. But I think we would have the chance using, for instance, the DLT um, the technology, uh, for instance, in one of the the, the best uh, uh, let's say things that we can sell, which is food. So yeah. So in order to cut cost of the supply chain uh, um, machine, let's say, governing uh, all this process related to the food and to the, the certification of the quality of the food. Yeah. You may use the, the blockchain as a, as a solution for, you know, to, to to have this reprise in the economic system.
0: You know know what's really interesting, actually, that, uh, of course, I'm an IP lawyer (laughs) before being involved in financial services, you know. Um, And it's really interesting you say that because, um, you know, intellectual property are geographic, like, they they are geographically limited, right? So, like, it depends, you know, in Europe, for example, there tends to be an harmonization, although it's not 100%, you know, it doesn't... um, it doesn't apply to all forms of intellectual property, okay? But there has been a big problem when it comes to, uh, you know, protecting the, some products, uh, for example, Grana Padano, um, those that are, you know, geographically denominated. Because, for example, if you go to a state like the U.S. right or South Korea, I think they had a big problem there. They can just call it Grana Padano, and you mm-hmm. know, what can you tell them? You know, the IP office in Italy or Europe, for all that matters, can't really enforce it. I remember there was. One of the benefits of having the uh, the agreement with the U.S., I don't remember, oh, I don't remember the name right now. What's uh, the TTP? Yeah, yeah the TTP, the Transatlantic uh, Treaty. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Don't quote <laughs> me that. But the agreement between the U.S. and Europe, which was, of course, terrible for Europe because it would have lowered the market standard with respect to so many products from cosmetics to, you know, um, to other health and safety concern, one of the benefit though was the fact that there was supposed, from what I understand, to be a recognition to geographically denominated products coming from Europe, so that they could have not used Grana Padano uh, yeah. on a cheese from Mississippi. I don't know if Mississippi <laughs> produces cheese, but and I know that the same problem existed in South Korea, where they started using, I think, Grana Padano cheese on cheese that yeah. was produced there. So for the consumer, that's a benefit. And it also aids the use of blockchain in the within the food market. You know, I think it's um, it has multiple benefits. Like, of course, cutting costs, as you said, uh, it protects the brands from the perspective of the producers. It protects the consumer as to what they purchase. You know, knowing that the quality uh, knowing that the product they are purchasing is, is in fact, you know, um, bearing that mark legitimately. So yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah. Uh, what else apart from the food do you think that actually maybe crypto and blockchain and especially if Italy was to regulate you know the space uh promptly after coronavirus do you think that could benefit the economy and the recovery of the economy or uh,
1: I believe that uh, um, as I said before our market is not uh, um, has, has developed as other other uh, countries um, in my opinion uh, that won't be the the priority of the regulator, yeah. uh, since uh, there may be uh, difficulties in relation to, let's say, banks or firm, for uh, maybe the chance that there are some of, from some of investment firm maybe in losing their business, they would have to go into bankruptcy. So I think that the eye of the regulator is more focused on yeah. protecting the. Traditional banking and financial system in yeah. Italy,
0: also the market no I guess with the
1: airlines like, and all of those other yeah the oil and gas system the, oil, yeah. the, the airlines
0: uh, which in Italy are partially usually are partially owned by the state correct
1: uh, yes that's correct it's partially so owned some state state have stakes in uh, one of the yeah. biggest uh, oil and gas companies.
0: Because know that coming from the Second World War, Italy was very involved within its economies, and you know when it comes to transport uh, resources. I know that most of it now has been privatized. However, like a big part still still remain in uh, in the hands, partially at least, of the government. Like for example, uh, CI, which is uh, you know the Collecting Society um, for um, Authors' Right, and uh, um, what what in the UK would be the, the PPL and uh, PRS, which now have merged. Um, I know that, like in Italy, for example, by law, I believe they were until recently, if it doesn't apply still, the only one, and they were basically, uh, you know, empowered by act of uh, act of uh, government. So yeah. because and it comes exactly from the history of the Second World War, and of course because of Europe now, and that's not the situation. You can, as an Italian, you can rely on other collecting societies in Europe. But um, yeah, so I guess that the impact is going to be very much. Considerable on the state also because of this, because it's it's state owned and not only privately owned.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true, and um, I, I think also just I mean just to think about you know in general, uh, we, we 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 saw that uh, we need a, let's say a better cooperation between European member states uh, yeah. regarding the, the, the this crisis. So. Why don't we create committees uh, focused on the, de- the development of the uh, fintech sector all across Europe? Yeah, that could be another chance for Italy, let's say, to develop a better its market and not yeah. just you know moving randomly, having the buffing, saying that everything is under MiFID and then. Uh, yeah everyone idea. like yeah.
0: Create its own carves out i know but i think like that's the problem within europe right and with the, with the european union not saying that brexit is a good thing at all like <laughs> but i guess that it highlights one of the major problems which is states still have a very um you know distinct identity in that you are not calling yourself a european lawyer you are an italian lawyer you know uh, yeah. when i qualify i'm going to be um a lawyer qualified to practice uh, in England and Wales and in Gibraltar, you know. So it's very, each system is very distinct. And yet at the same time, you know, the European Union tries to remove, uh, at least in part, you know, the ability to compete with one another. So I, I don't know, m- maybe I'm wrong, but that's just my view. And, you know, I think that's that's what happens. You have then an overarching regulation, which covers, you know, or direct your intervention at the European level, which covers the most important aspects. And then, you know, uh, states can compete with the carve-outs or like with the discretion that we, they were provided with. So I see what you mean about the European committee. I'm not sure it would be beneficial from from a client perspective, because I think that competition to an extent between states uh, is good for the client, because every state wants to compete in becoming more attractive to the end user. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, but, but it, it depends. It depends on how you do compete. You compete.
0: Correct. Yeah, no, I understand. If you
1: compete with uh, a <laughs> flat tax rate, five uh, percent of your total uh, turnover and then you have a taxation system in another country which <laughs> for yeah. forces you to pay 30%. That's not a fair competition, in my opinion.
0: I agree. I agree with you.
1: And that's the same, mm-hmm. you know, if uh, if we are talking about crypto or blockchain, if you're going to say nothing is financial product uh, underneath it, uh, yeah. then you can win easily. In mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my opinion, that's not the, 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 the aim of creating a uh, common regulation in Europe that will then will, will, will put on the same basis all the actors yeah. and let them compete but with the same base. I
0: Starting don't know if from maybe... the same
1: level playing field.
0: You sort yeah, of. yeah no, I see what you mean. I, I don't know if uh, maybe asthma yes, has allowed for a little bit of that to happen you know with their guidelines also on like the um contract for difference like exchange and contract for difference guidelines and crypt as well you know then they stopped intervening but then if you look for example at the um, fca they are following a very very similar approach to what ESMA uh, has adopted so i guess that maybe that's the way that uh, semi-harmonized system could come about but yeah well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, wait uh, until uh, December uh, 2020. I know. Starting from January, I believe that uh, there there will be a strong competition between the UK financial system and the European
0: yeah. financial system. We will see. You know, it's also I think I think of course coronavirus has a massive impact on that because I guess every state will require you know to focus its priority on rebuilding its market internally before like going and competing. So maybe that could be I mean not a positive because of course it's a terrible situation, but maybe that will change, let's say, the what was what was planned initially. Um what about like uh, on a on a more positive note, what's next for you right now? What's um, what are you involved in? You know, I guess like everyone else pretty much you're working from home. No, <laughs> oh,
1: yes I, I'm working from home and everyone is
0: doing it now. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, from one side, it's uh, also so interesting, you know, to have the chance to work alone, to concentrate uh, more. Yeah, no, it gives that. you time
0: to think, that's for sure.
1: But, uh, yeah, that's for sure. And uh, I mean, for, for now, the activity is still ongoing. Uh, we're still providing the uh, yeah. legal and uh, as usual, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, we have to see in the next months what will happen, because... Uh, there are signals that the market is crashing a bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Especially no. to the, say the uh, least Saturday. I can imagine. Mm. Yeah. And how is life in Italy right now? Tell us a little bit about that, because <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> life is you know, there's a the sun, but you can't go out, so <laughs> how long have you been in quarantine right now? Or self isolation, right. sorry.
1: Self isolation it's one month. One month.
0: We and you're wait. in Milan right now, and so. I'm in
1: Milan, so I believe uh, the other two months maybe I will stay. Right? Are you
0: enjoying the concerts from the window, or <laughs> you can't hear them?
1: No, I can't. No, hear them. you can't. Uh, you I, have, that, uh, I have my super stereo here. And I can take a <laughs> concert. <laughs> Back in my, in my kitchen.
0: <laughs> All right, Damiano, thank you so much for coming on Blockchain Rock. I'd say that we covered more or less everything right now. Yeah. Uh, when this situation is over, hopefully, we will be able to host you, you know, in person, as uh, uh, was our plan uh, since a long time. Uh, I wish you the best for uh, for the time being, and thanks again for coming on Blockchain Rock. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Thank thanks. Pleasure. Bye bye. bye.